Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. We're going to start reading. We're going to wrap up this book this morning. Verse number 16. The Bible says, At my first answer... No man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto His heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus abode at Corinth. Trophimus have I left at my leadum sick. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Eubulus greetest thee and Pudence and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren. Lord Jesus Christ with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. All right, let's bow and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that we can open up Your Word. Thank You we can read it. Lord, help us to believe it. More importantly, Lord, help us to live by it. We ask Your blessing of the proclamation of Your Word. We pray that Your saints would be edified. Help to use me, Lord. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. All right, so verse 16. At my first answer. This refers to when he was on trial can't determine exactly when this trial occurred, but that's what it refers to. And then look what it says. No man stood with me, but all men forsake me. Paul had many friends. I mean, just look at verse 21. We just read it. Do thy diligence to come before when. And look at this. Eubulus greetest thee and Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brethren. He had many friends. Go back to Romans. Let's look at verse number 16. And he goes all through. I mean, this is just um, a great greeting here. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, verse number 3. Uh, he, he's, uh, when we get to verse number 7, look, salute Adronicus and Junia. Verse number 8, greet Amplius. Verse number 9, Urbane. Verse 10, Apelles. Verse 11, Herodian. And all through, you can just scan your eyes down. Look at all these salutes and all these greets. He had a lot of friends. He had a lot of brothers and sisters in the Lord. But now, he's put on trial for his life. Everybody's gone. Nobody's there. Why? Why? Maybe they were afraid if they were to identify with Paul that they would be persecuted. Right? We saw that with Demas a little bit earlier. Demas, I'm out of here. Probably it's easy uh, to conclude that some of them already died. Time we get to this point, they already passed away. Some are probably under the same type of persecution that he's going through. So those are certainly reasonable 
answers as well. But it's safe to say, we can see here from the text, those that were with them at that time that could have been there because they didn't die and aren't under persecution, gone. They're gone. When misery and misfortune hits, when defeat becomes apparent, your friends leave. Go back to Job. We'll read in Job 19. When you get Job 19, get verse 13. The Bible says in Job 19, verse 13, Look, he hath put my brethren far from me, and mine acquaintance are verily estranged from me. My kinsfolk have failed, and my familiar friends have forgotten me. They that dwell in mine house and my maids count me for a stranger. I am an alien in their sight. I called my servant and he gave me no answer. I entreated him with my mouth. My breath is strange to my wife. Though I entreated for the children's sake of mine own body. You ever been in a situation where you wonder where your friends are? <laughs> Every man and woman at some point in their life gets to that point. I'm making money. There, I got friends. I'm winning. I'm making friends. I'm going through success. I've got friends. Failure hits. Misery hits. Despair hits. Sickness hits. Where'd everybody go? Bye-bye. And that's Paul. Completely forsaken. Matthew chapter 26, please. Matthew chapter 26. It's easy to get spiritually haughty and spiritually prideful when we're forsaken and think that, well, we're, we're us. We're a Christian. We, we're, we live by the Bible. We try to do things right by God's Word and until we get to Matthew 26, and let's read verse 66. What you think? They answered and said, He is guilty of death, speaking of Christ our Lord. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? So the question I pose to Christians this morning is, are you ready, willing, and able to suffer because your Savior suffered for you? And you look at it from that perspective. Is courage going to fail if you are exposed to the same thing? Paul's going through his forsaken. Christ suffered alone for our iniquities, shed his blood to pay for our sins. But he was mocked, he was spit at, he went through all of that for you and I. Paul's forsaken. Men and women alike across the nation, this nation, and our state, at some point, 
will have this feeling of forsakenness. Nobody's there. You can't preach everything in one message and you can't um, get everybody to understand everything in one message. That's why we ask that when people visit, they come for at least four months so that you can really get to know who we are and what we're about. It's not always doom and gloom, but there's a time for doom and gloom. I'm from New Jersey. There's just a 10-year-old girl who just got thrown off one of these rides at a fair at 10 and died. My friend who, the girl's dad and the girl, they were both trained at the same martial art academy. He went to the funeral, was the other night. That mom and that dad are forsaken. Where's the comfort? Praise the Lord, it's a Christian family. They have that. But that doesn't take away from the fact that that parent is going to wake up and they're going to be thinking the same thing. My little girl's not in her bed anymore. Completely forsaken. And what do you do? They have other kids. They can't not. I'd want to sit in the room and cry all day. They got to move on. Complete forsakenness. I want you to think about what the Savior did for you. Completely forsook him. Died for you and I. The only one that can give us peace and comfort in these times of need and forsakenness. Why not just live 100% for him? Why not just live? I can never do 100%. Let's do 75. Let's do 75. But you know, you got money. Look at Proverbs 14. Let's go and get some wisdom. Proverbs 14. All right, Proverbs 14, verse number 20. Look at what the Bible says. The poor is hated even of his own neighbor. <laughs> but the rich have many friends. <laughs> you know how you make friends? Go make some money. <laughs> You'll have somebody want to go to the ball game with you. You'll have somebody who want to go out. Why? Because you got some coin. You got some coin in your pocket. Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19, verse number, verse number, well, I want to read verse number one because it's just too good to pass up. We preached at the Brews and Blues Festival yesterday at Cookville uh, because somehow in the middle of the Bible Belt, there's the buckle called Tennessee. <laughs> and they decided that it would be a grand time to give out free liquor. So they had this huge event. So guess where we showed up? At the Blues and Brews Festival. And one of the fellows that went, it was great to hear his message on wicked liquor. We won't get into that now. But the Bible says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not saved? No. Is not wise. You see, drinking liquor isn't going to keep you out of heaven. Not believing on the Son of God, not believing on Jesus Christ as Savior will keep you out of heaven. Not drinking liquor. But you know what the Bible says? Whosoever is deceived by there is not wise. It's not a wise thing. Now it goes on, but here, look at this in verse number four. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. 
Therefore, shall he beg in harvest and have nothing. Talking about money, having money and not being forsaken by your friends and then not having money and then everybody's gone. That happens. The Bible gives us a principle here in verse 4. The sluggard, the lazy person, oh, I don't want to go out and plow. It's too cold. <laughs> you know, the kids, I don't want to go feed the sheep, Dad. It's too cold. No, you can go out there. Any, any reason, right? We don't want to be begging. You can have true friendship in this world, though. That was the doom. That was the gloom. That was the bad side. But when you take a look at the life of uh, David and Jonathan, go back to 2 Samuel. Let me just show you something real quick. 2 Samuel, chapter number 1. 2 Samuel, chapter number 1, verse number 26. Look at what it says. Verse 25, we'll start out. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thy high places. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of woman. Now, this world's so perverted and so messed up and their minds are so whacked on stuff they're listening to and looking at. And this, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with this. I can easily understand that. <laughs> you got a guy who's going to go to battle with you, go out hunting with you. You're not going to get your wife to go grab the bow and go out and get some you know, an eight-point buck, but you can certainly do that with one of you fellows, right? <laughs> uh, you know, any guy knows when his wife wants him to help around the house, <laughs> he wants to go grab the bow or the gun or the twenty-two or go... He wants to go do some guy stuff. He doesn't want to sweep the kitchen. It's easy to understand how David and Jonathan had such a tight friendship and had such a love for one another, you and I can have friends, good Christian friends here on earth. We can. There, there's the one side, but then there's also the positive side too. All right, let's go back to 2 Timothy. We'll make a little more headway. I do want to get all through this. I don't want to rush, but let's get back on track. The Bible says, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. And here's what happens when someone's full of the Holy Spirit. Don't hold it against them. That's why Christ said, Father, forgive them. Christ making intercession for the transgressors. Right? Isaiah 53 was fulfilled, which says, Therefore, Will I divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Father, forgive them. Verse number 17. Look at this. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. That's the absolute faithfulness of God. All men forsook him, but not God. He says, I will never leave thee 
nor forsake thee. I want to get Hebrews 13 on this one. Hebrews chapter 13. Look at the context of this, because right? We know the end of that verse. Save people, lost people. They kind of, this is an easy verse. It's like a John 3.16. Everybody knows the Lord won't leave them. But look at the beginning of the verse. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Who has a hard time doing that all the time? Just put me in lows. <laughs> I want. <laughs> you know, I hate driving by the tractor places. I want. <laughs> and then you try to figure out how am I going to talk my wife into being okay with me pulling into the driveway with this rig? <laughs> it's hard. That's a hard verse to obey. And then it says, look, and be content with such things as ye have. Well, I came from a thriving New Testament church that's been in existence for 35 years and it's got all the stuff that you would want. The church building, people <laughs> that want to come to the church building, <laughs> a piano player, another piano player if someone's sick, another piano player if someone's sick, 20 guys that can preach if you give them 10 minutes notice, you know. It's hard to come here and start a church, plant a church and be content when you come from everything that's set up for you. I'm not, I'm not trying to complain. I'm just trying to give you a picture of you've had situations in your life the same way. And you go from A to B and you're like, you know what? The other place had air conditioning. Come on, the other place, the stupid doors worked. It's, it's hard. It's hard. And then... It says, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. People are covetous. People, uh, people are uh, not content. And God tries to remind us, stop it with that. Look, I'm not going to leave you. But we don't prioritize that as high as we do our other things, don't we? We all do this. We all do it. God's trying to, don't you get it? You can be content because I'm with you. If we can wrap our minds and get a hold of that, man, we can do so much more for God. He's done so much for us. Um, not with, uh, not with saying the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. No one ever perished trusting in Christ Jesus the Lord. There were people that trusted in the Titanic. They perished. That sunk. They didn't think it was sinkable. People trust in a brake system in, in vehicles. They fail. People die. People trust in these amusement rides all the time. And the next thing you know, a little girl, poor little innocent girl gets swung off and dies. People trust in those things for physical safety. But no one ever perishes trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. No one. I'll give you a couple of verses for the sake of time. You don't have to change, turn there. John 10. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. 
In 2 Corinthians, it says his, uh, his strength won't fail you. It says, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in thy weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. That's Paul speaking under Holy Spirit inspiration. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Why can he glory in his infirmities? Because he's content in Christ. He can't be defeated. It's blasphemy to even think he can. Isaiah 41, it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen you. And if he said it, and people say they believe the Bible, and they don't believe this and take a hold of it, you don't believe the Bible. Believe this verse. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of guess whose righteousness. Not yours, not mine, his. Folks, we're talking about getting some spiritual strength. That's what we're talking about. And then he says in 2 Timothy, that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all Gentiles might hear. And there Paul goes again, thinking of others. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be that person in your town or in your neighborhood or on your block or at your job? Well, there he goes again, thinking of others. But that was Paul. Everybody's forsaken him. He's going through what he's going through. And you're worried that the Gentiles might hear some preaching? But that's what I'm asking you and I'm asking me to get a hold of. Some spiritual strength and some spiritual courage and some spiritual rightness, righteousness. Try to convince Paul there's no power in the blood. You're not going to do it in a million years. Now, can someone do that to you? Can someone do that to me? It's not going to happen with Paul. No one's going to convince him, no matter what you put situation you put him in. He's calm. He knows the gospel's true. And he bears testimony of this. Your testimony can't be taken away from you. Many, many men and women have given their lives for the cause of Christ. They're called martyrs. And it's been some of the most compelling means of establishing gospel truth in an area. Who in the world would die for their faith? But it has established gospel truth. And it has been one of the most compelling means. Yeah, big deal. A new preacher comes to town. It's not a big deal except it's gospel truth. When people see it or hear about or read about a missionary or a Christian that died for their faith and the story behind it, man, that's a big deal. I don't, whoa, what, what, what in the world went on here? You have to admit, it is a very, very, very compelling means of at least sparking curiosity. And gospel truth is made known. 
But all Gentiles might hear, no matter what situation he's in, he sees it as an opportunity to make Jesus Christ known. How about you? How about me? You're going to be in a situation tomorrow. Is there an opportunity to make Christ known? He wants everybody to hear. That was his main objective, was to further the cause of Christ. Why do you preach the Blues and Brews Festival? So that Christ might be known. Why do you pass out tracks to people that are drunk and have uh, shots glasses in their hand and little liquor things with liquor logos on them? Because you want Christ to be made known. And you would be surprised how many of them will sell you, I'm a Christian. Huh? Well, let's have another round on Joe then. What do you mean you're a Christian? A Christian follows Christ. But anyway, why are we there? Not to get them to pour their liquor out. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Not to tell them if they drink liquor, they're going to go to hell. No. To tell them Jesus Christ came into the world. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Save sinners. That's why we do it. That's why we want to do it. So that they might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Is that a big deal? Yes, but not really. You know, Daniel's throwing the lion's den. You know, you, a lion, right? Satan is going to devour you and all that. Is that a big deal? It is. But not really. It'd be pretty cool If you know the outcome, the boy gets rescued. But, you know, you've, you've read these stories. I've always wanted to be at the zoo when you hear about, you know, the kid fell over and he's in there with a gorilla. Or the guy that was decided to test himself and he ends up in a lion pit, right? And then they rescue him and they pull him out, right? Wow, that's a big deal. Delivered from every evil work, that's a big deal. But it's not really a big deal. There's some parents who have done a pretty good job at this. Saving their kids from certain evil works. That's a big deal. But it ain't really that big of a deal. You got to hold on now. Hold on. Or the policeman. How many times has the police arrived just in time to just save that situation, that evil work from happening, right? It's a big deal. But it really doesn't do it for me because look at this verse. It's not really that big of a deal in the big perspective. Look, I want you to see this. I was delivered out of the mouth of a lion and we say, whoa, that's awesome, man. Can you imagine being Paul and the lion and just God in the doubt? And every evil work would have come. He's delivered out of, wow, man, that's great. All that's physical stuff. Big deal, but it ain't that big of a deal because look what it says. At the end of verse 18, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. He's the only one that can do that. I can get somebody to save me from a lion. I can get somebody to warn me about an evil work down here. I can't get anybody to get me into the heavenly kingdom. Nobody can preserve me. Nobody can preserve you 
unto his heavenly kingdom except one person. That's the man Christ Jesus who came into the world to die for sinners. And he said, what he said was, will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And now we're talking. Now we're talking. That's way better than being delivered out of a lion's mouth. That's way better than being delivered out of every evil work. Although I'm signing up for the deliverance. <laughs> and I'm sure you would too, right? This is why God must be glorified. It's why He should receive amens. It's why He should receive praises. It's why He should receive all honor. Because only He can do that. Preserve you unto His heavenly kingdom. So here's my plea. Labor with the heavenly perspective not earthly. Think heavenly. Live heavenly, not earthly. Don't worry about lions. Don't worry about evil works. Think heavenly. Heavenly kingdom. That phrase is mentioned one time. You just saw it right here. Heavenly kingdom, that phrase. We, we zoomed right in on it. Now look at this. We'll, we'll wrap it up. Second Timothy 419, salute, that's just a respectful and a kind greeting when you see that. It's not the military definition. It's just a respectful and kind greeting. Prisca and Aquila, this is Priscilla, the wife of Aquila. It's just another way, uh, another name. My wife's name is Cheyenne. Some people call her Shy. It's the same person. Prisca or Priscilla. And then you see the household of Onesiphorus. And for Second Timothy chapter one, it says of him, he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. That leads me to believe, although I can't prove it from the Bible, that Onesiphorus is probably already dead. He's already. It says in Second Timothy one, he refreshed him and he wasn't ashamed of his chain. So he wasn't not hanging out with Paul because he was ashamed or afraid. He was there. He was there. Um, but he does want, Paul here, he does want his household or his family to receive a kind greeting. Verse number 20, Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at my leadum sick. Erastus, he was a chamberlain of the city. We see that in Romans 16. Trophimus, have I left at my leadum sick. They were able to work Miracles when it pleased God, not when it was to please them. And we see Trophimus is sick. We also know that Timothy, he suffered from infirmities often. Miracles were used by the apostles to confirm that something was from God. But here's what's interesting they sure didn't meet a miracle to be healed of their sickness, to be 100% absolutely sold out to live the truth of the gospel. They didn't need it. I'll take the infirmities. I'll stay sick. You're not taking away my faith in the gospel because it didn't matter to them. 
health or no health, sick or no sickness, infirmity or no infirmity. They weren't taken. They were sold out. Verse 21, do thy diligence to come before winter. It's a bit more dangerous traveling in winter conditions. Eubulus, Greetus, Thea, and Putin's and Linus, and Snoopy, and the peanut gang, and, <laughs> and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. Hey, Snoopy's not in there. Some of you don't even think that's funny. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We'll finish it up in verse 22. What does it say? The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. And that's your key to happiness. And that is my key to happiness. Having the Lord Jesus Christ with our spirit. All, every single one, count them down, spiritual blessings that we have come from the Lord. We have to get out of this physical mentality, physical blessing mentality, and get into embracing this spiritual blessing mentality, which is how Paul and Timothy and, and my uh, Trophimus and all these guys live. They fully embraced that. And that is how we can pray for our family, for our friends, for our co-workers, for our acquaintances. Lord Jesus Christ, will you be with their spirit? Their spirit for salvation. Their spirit for sanctification. Stephen in Acts 7, he prays. And they stone Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then it finishes the same way it finishes at the close of 1 Timothy. Grace be with you. Amen. And I'll close with that. Grace be with you. Amen. Father God, we certainly are thankful we have Your Word. Lord, help us to think spiritually. Help us to embrace spiritual blessings. We ask You to help us to use these Bible principles this week in our daily lives. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.